This is episode 76 with Jake Kelfer. Welcome to The Athletic Mindset. I am your host, Corey Camp, former Division I swimmer, forever athlete, and personal performance coach. Today, I sit down with Jake, a two-time best-selling author, global speaker, founder of Pro Basketball Combine, which has helped 70-plus NBA draft prospects sign their first contract and coach to entrepreneurs and freedom seekers. We cover a lot today, but Jake shares his insights, most importantly, and his tips on how to build a world-class network, something that is valuable for any athlete or person out there for that matter. It's something that Jake has actually made a career out of, and he shares how his basketball playing days in high school helped him land his dream job while working for the Lakers right out of school. Even better, he shares why he actually left that dream job to pursue a higher calling. So please welcome on Jake. Jake, welcome to The Athletic Mindset, my man. I am excited to finally dive into things with you here. I love your energy. You might be one of the few people that is more upbeat than me, so I can't wait to just break it down and jam out with you. How are we feeling today? Let's go, baby. This is going to be a blast, Corey. I'm pumped, man. Come on now. I love it. So you mentioned background is in basketball as a point guard, three-year varsity starter, how did you get there? What was kind of your introduction into sports and how did you find success in it? So I'm going to take you all the way back here. Okay. I'm going to take you back to my first ever playing days. Okay. Now I was about five years old when I first played basketball. I was on a park and rec team called the Lakers. Okay. Which is fitting because my favorite team is the Lakers and I sucked at basketball. Like I wasn't like I was an athletic kid, but I was five years old and I, I for some reason hated the game. I didn't know what to do. I asked the coach to pull me out and my parents pulled me aside. And I'll mention my parents probably a few times. My parents pulled me aside. And what they started to, to tell me was Jake. They literally like made me like think of Space Jam and Tasmanian Devil. And they said, Jake, just be like Tasmanian Devil. Go grab the ball from the other team and put it in the other basket. And all of a sudden, like a light switch took off. And I just became this ferocious, like five-year-old defender that was just all over fouling everyone, but just going crazy. And that sparked just a love for the game of basketball. So fast forward to junior high. And now I have my ideas and my sights set for, for gold, right? Like I wanted to be the first kid from my hometown to play in the NBA. I wanted to be the next magic Johnson. I wanted to play with Kobe. Like that was the, the dream, right? But as a five, eight Jewish kid from the suburbs, that dream, you know, kind of, kind of had some, some limitations at first. So I get to high school, I make the JV team as a freshman. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm doing great things. I'm on pace. And then right before my sophomore year, this was one of the first moments where I truly had to embody an underdog spirit. And this is a theme that, that I've used in my entire life of how to overcome adversity. But it was a moment where they said, where people started to say, Jake, you need to stay on JV for your sophomore year. You're not good enough or ready yet to play varsity. And that was the fire for me that said, watch me. Watch what I'm about to do and watch me earn that spot. Well, fast forward to the end of the summer camp and we're fighting for spots and I make the, the varsity team. By the time we actually start the season, I became our starting point guard. And I never looked back to that moment. Now, as I'm a senior, I'm like, okay. Is the NBA still a real possibility? And of course, I mean, it wasn't. And I was aware of that, but I was fortunate enough to have done well academically. So I chose to to go to USC instead of play D2 or D3 ball. And 
that was kind of like when I realized if I can't play the game anymore, how can I be around the game and make my impact? Because basketball has been one of the greatest gifts that I've ever had in my life. So that's kind of how my journey kind of went and how it started to transition into life after the game. I love that, dude. I'm huge on just, it's more than movement. That is my group coaching program, but that is my firm belief around sports in general. We don't do it for the physical benefits per se. Like there's so many intangibles there. What kind of were the intangibles that stood out to you in your playing days that kind of drive you on a daily basis even now? I mean, I think one of the biggest things is, I mean, there's, there's two really big things and then I'll mention them and I'll dive into it, but it's, but it's hard, it's hard work and intentional work Mm. and then your ability to connect. Okay. And when I reference hard work, everything in life that we do is going to be challenged. If it's worth, if it's worth doing, it's going to, it's going to be a challenge for us to get to the level we want to go, especially when you come from an athletic background, right? Because there's always something more to achieve. And for me, learning that there are ways to not just work harder, but to work smarter and finding ways to find your unique advantage and being able to use that to put yourself in a good position to succeed, that was a huge lesson for me to learn early on that I use every day still now when it comes to strategy and comes to compete with some of the biggest names in the space. And then the other part of it, like I said, is there's two parts here, is the connection piece. Mm-hmm. If, if you, when you play sports, and, and I'm referencing, you know, team sports here specifically, but your ability to connect with your teammates is huge. Your ability to connect upwards with your coach is huge. And your ability to connect with yourself is also really big because in sports, if things don't go your way, you have to understand that that doesn't mean it's over. It just means you have to find another opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. And so connection with yourself, with your teammates, with the people around you, with your fans, with, with, with your coaches, with the faculty, with sponsors, partners, depending on the level that you're playing, that's a huge component for me that I've continued to evolve and utilize within my businesses as well as with the athletes we work with. Yeah, man, I love it. You just summed up the athletic mindset into two big parts of it, I think there, you mentioned the Lakers, man, and I was doing a little digging and you had a phenomenal opportunity right out of school to actually work with them and be around some legends. One being Kobe Bryant, late, great Kobe. You had a a chance to work with him in his final season. Walk me through that. How did you land that opportunity at such an early age? And what was that like being in that championship culture? Because they're you know, it's one of the best organizations in the world. Here's what's crazy, right? When you say championship culture, this is unbelievable because the Lakers organization is championship culture. That year that I worked for the team, we sucked as a team. It was one of the worst seasons ever. But when you talk about championship culture, there's something different. Even when you're in Staples Center watching Kobe in this final season, Lakers have a losing record. There's still something different in the air than when you go to another place that's not used to winning championships. Even Mm. if they have a better record, there's something different. And what I really enjoyed, and, and I, I got to work with the whole team from a corporate partnership standpoint. So I was, I was partially doing things that were related to any activations that any sponsors would have with the team. So any community events where there was a player that would go, I would get to accompany them on court events. I was the one that picked all the contestants for the halftime, the halftime contest, all that stuff. But I also had the chance to be on the court watching Kobe do what he does, being behind the scenes, watching Kobe and all these other guys and the differences between a 20-year vet, one of the best all time, and then a couple of the rookies who are trying to figure it all out. And what you see is Kobe 
going out for his warmups, you know what he's focused on? Is not shooting threes and, and doing all types of crazy stuff, throwing the ball 20 feet in the air and seeing if it goes in. Kobe's working on the baseline fadeaway, the elbow fadeaway, the Kobe, right? Like literally mm-hmm. when I throw something in the trash can, he's working on that same move. When I yell Kobe in the trash can, Kobe is working on that move when he was playing. And it made me realize that no matter how advanced we get in our life, no matter how much we want to grow, if we cannot become the best at the basics, the best at the fundamentals, that's going to prevent us from reaching a true potential. And that was such an incredible thing that I was able to pick up from, from Kobe, along with the stories that I would hear by being associated with the team. And it was just awesome to, to be a part of the organization that I grew up loving and watching for, for years. Yeah, man, I'm getting chills, one, just thinking of it, too. That is such an overlooked thing. I think so many of us, especially as you, we'll talk about your transition into entrepreneurship and working for yourself. I think the biggest downfall for entrepreneurs is they want to skip over the basics. They want to skip over all those things and grab that five-star client right away and do all of that. So it's super cool, I think, in your own journey, whether you knew it or not at the time, that it was just being reinforced by one of the freaking legends of the game over and over again that like no matter how big you get, like it's all fundamental. It's all the basics and that you never lose sight of that. Is it fair to say like even as you've now successfully transitioned in the entrepreneurial space, multiple six-figure revenue streams across everything – you're still working on the basics, I would imagine, every single day. Oh, absolutely. And, and here's here's something that, that I really realized when I started seeing some success is as I started seeing some success, I tried to jump a few mm. steps. I was seeing the strategies of some people of where I want to go. Okay, so I'm looking at eight-figure entrepreneurs, the, the, the world leaders, and I was looking at these entrepreneurs and I said, well, what are they doing, right? Now, most people are like, yeah, look at what they're doing and try to replicate it. But here was the problem. What they were doing was working for them. Mm. I wasn't ready with my infrastructure, with my foundation to do that strategy to work the same way, right? So there, there's something that you have to really realize is that there's a reason that you follow the pattern. There's a reason roadmaps work. It's because you got to put one foot in front of the other. And the faster you can put one foot in front of the other, the faster you can run. But you still have to put one foot in front of the other to get to where you want to go. And that, once I like put that together from a business standpoint, it started to click. And we started mm-hmm. to see some new things happen. We started to bring on some new clients. We started to use the strategies right now. And then I put all those notes and all those things that I had tried that maybe didn't work. I said, okay, that might be when I hit this marker. Let me try it once I have this many people on my email list. Let me start to rearrange strategy based on levels. And that type of intuition, when I talked about hard work as an athlete, that's the intuition that you got to have as an entrepreneur to be resourceful, to solve mm-hmm. these problems, to start making things happen because you're on your own right? And it's about building that community around you so you can utilize and, and leverage those relationships. Yeah, man. It's so easy to start comparing your level five or your level one to someone else's level 20, mm. especially the Jeff Bezos of the world. Like, yeah, I would love to make what Jeff Bezos makes on a daily basis, on a, an hourly basis, even, you know, it's insane. But Jeff didn't get there by doing what he's doing now. He had to constantly evolve too, as he leveled up. I come from the fitness space before kind of getting into this. And I see it all the time. Like people just want to jump in. It's January right now. Like they want to jump into their new year's resolution, start deadlifting super heavy and doing all the things they could get hurt and really kind of knock themselves out of the game. It's like an entrepreneur trying to do something too quickly and they're going to go through their capital real quick, find themselves with nothing and having to go back to square one. 
Yeah. What was that initial transition like for you? Because, I mean, childhood team, man, the Lakers, like it's a dream job, I would imagine, at that point. People were probably like, you're out of your mind leaving this when you probably did. What was going on through your head as you were like, I'm going to just, was it, I'm just going to bet on myself and I'm going to make this happen because I trust me and I don't want to work for anyone else? Or what was that like? There's a few factors here. I'll tell you this, though, Corey. People thought I was crazy. I mean, people thought I was crazy. People like that were my friends were like, Jake, you're batshit right now. Like, what are you thinking, dude? Like, leaving the Lakers. Now, I'm going to take you back to a moment that happened, though, when I was working with the Lakers that, that was also huge. Before I share that, I always knew in my mind that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I'd started mm-hmm. my first official licensed business in college as a freshman. I had had a tutoring business in high school. Like I was always doing things. My parents are entrepreneurial and that was always the plan. And being a sports agent was kind of the ultimate goal. And that's a very entrepreneurial role in, in a way. And so the Lakers, I always knew it was going to be a stepping stone, but I didn't know how it was all going to work out. So here I am, I'm, I'm going down to pick a contestant. I'm bringing our contestant down for that, for the half court shot. They got a chance to win like thousands and thousands of dollars if they make this. Now I get in the elevator. Okay. And I think it's just like any other elevator ride, but right as the elevator doors are about to close, a hand walks in and, and the doors start to open. And the person that walks in after the hand stopped the elevator was Jerry West. Now, Jerry West is the NBA logo. If people don't know who he is, he's, he's a Lakers legend, basketball icon, Hall of Famer. Like he's a, he's a hero. And my heart's pounding. I'm 22. My heart just pounded. I'm like, bottom of the totem pole, NBA logo. What do we got going on here? Like, what are we going to talk about? And the person working the elevator looks at Jerry and, and he says, Jerry, he doesn't say his name. He didn't know who he is. He goes, excuse me, sir, do you have a credential? And Jerry kind of looks at him like, no, I don't, but do you know who I am? And the person working the elevator says, no, I don't, but I'm going to have to ask you to step off because now pointing at me, this young gentleman, he's got work to do and he needs to get down. And I'm like, no way is this happening. Jerry very, very politely is about to start stepping off. And I don't know why, but all of a sudden I go, wait, wait, wait. He's with me. He's my guest. I'll escort him down. The person working the, the elevator looks at me and he says, are you sure? And I look at Jerry and I'm like, are you sure? Like kind of like waiting for Jerry's nod of approval. He gives it to me. I return the same nod of approval to the person working the elevator. And the next 14 seconds, Corey, one of the glorious, most glorious elevator rides I've ever had. Now here's where it gets interesting. Okay. I walk out of the elevator. Jerry walks out of the elevator. And in my mind, I'm wondering, is he about to be pissed that a young 22 year old assistant just, just like try to save him and stick up for him? Is he going to be pissed that the person working the elevator didn't know who he is? What is Jerry's reaction about to be? Right out, we're about to go our separate ways. Jerry sticks out his hand. He shakes my hand. He says, thank you. I appreciate what you just did for me. Now, it was in that moment that I realized something about people is that we all have the same basic desires. It doesn't matter how old we are, how wealthy we are. If we're the NBA logo or an assistant, Mm. we are all people and we all want to be loved, to be heard, to feel valued, to be complimented and to feel that we belong. And Jerry made me feel like a million bucks. Okay. And I knew that I wanted to give that feeling over and over and over again to the people that I could surround myself with. That was what sparked my first book because I started to ask myself, well, what do I know and how can I help people? And so when Kobe, when Kobe was set to retire, I knew that that was my time to retire as well. I knew it would also be a great story years later. And so he retired, I retired, and I launched my first book. And that put me into the stratosphere of the next phase of my entrepreneurial journey. But I didn't know what was going to happen next. I didn't know where that was going to lead, but I did know that if I was willing to take action, great things were going to happen. I love it, man. What I'm hearing is just, you got super clear on your why and your passion and it's clear 
obviously how you show up now on a daily basis. I mean, whether it's on this podcast or your social media channels, you show up like very few other people in this world. So I'm glad you listened to that voice and you went after it. What I'm also hearing is there was not a set game plan. Like you had to dive into the unknown and there's some risk with that. How did you navigate the unknown as you stepped away and retired at 22 or 23? (laughs) We were like, and I'm going to go do this. (laughs) What was that like? So, so it was, I mean, it was definitely a little, a little scary, but I also knew that this is what I was supposed to do. Like I said, when I was in my high school days, there's always going to be adversity when you want to level up your life with bigger dreams come bigger challenges, right? But, but that's what I was made for. And that's what so many of us in this world are made for is when, when life throws something at us, we, we have such an opportunity to, to take advantage of what's in front of us. And so I, I really just put my head down and started making things happen. I started building relationships. I started figuring out who do I need to learn from? I just fully immersed myself. But the most important thing that I did was I kept moving forward every day, taking action, trying to keep pushing through, pushing through and doing it as smart as I knew with the information that I had at the time. Dude, I love that. And it segues perfectly because one of your books is on networking and it's putting yourself in the room. I think there's no coincidence that you ended up in an elevator with Jerry West, just based off of your ability to network with people. It's something that I look up to you in that sense. It's a skill that I have as well that I pride myself in. It's how I'm able to bring the people that I bring on to this podcast. What are your networking tips? If you had to narrow it down to maybe three to five go-to, and you can expand on them as much as you want, but how did you kind of find these and how have they set you up in your career as you've kind of elevated yourself and evolved? Mm. I love that question, man. I love that question. I appreciate what you just said. So, so let's, let's break down networking a little bit. Networking at, at the core of it is creating a mutually beneficial relationship for the people that are involved. Okay. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, that I like to talk about is not just the win-win. I talk about the triple win. And when you're networking with people, it's about finding the win for that person. Okay. How can you add value to that person right away? It's a win for yourself because how can you start to make that impact? And if you get in touch with someone, that's a win for you. But then the third win, which is sometimes not always at the front of our mind, is how is the work that we're doing how is the relationship that we're building going to impact other people because we connected? And that's the triple win. And so when you think about networking, one of my favorite things to always tell people is, and this is the most important part about networking, one of the most important pieces is to be yourself. Okay. Most of us, we try to put ourselves in a, in a role or in a mindset to be somebody that we think the other person wants us to be. We try to please that other person in hopes that it'll make them like us more, which will then hopefully lead them to agreeing to whatever it is that we want them to do, right? And so the first thing that that I want to share with everyone is is you got to be yourself because we don't need in this business, whether it's fitness, sports, entrepreneurship, sales, whatever, dating, you don't need everybody to like you. You need the right people to Mm -hmm. love you. So being yourself is when you become yourself and you own who you are, and I call this embracing your eyebrows because I got these bushy eyebrows and there's a whole story behind that. But this is one of those things where once you embrace yourself, you start to attract the people that you were meant to attract. And that's a magical thing because it increases your happiness. You feel more grateful. You feel more present and you see more results. So being yourself is a huge, huge tip. Another tip that I I really want to focus on is always remember, 
okay? Always remember what it feels like to be on the other end. Meaning, if you're asking somebody for something, flip the script. If they were to ask you for that same thing, how would that make you feel? Would you be like, hell yes, I'm totally down? Or would you be like, dude, I don't even know you. Stop asking me for money, right? Because we get these DMs all day long. <laughs> hey, I can grow your Instagram to 10,000. Want to pay me? No, not, not interested. No, thank you, right? And so it's, so it's about that. And then lastly, it's always about having a genuine interest in, in somebody else. It's about having mm-hmm. a genuine interest of how can I help you? What can we do for each other? And how can we get to the top of wherever it is that we're trying to go? Rather than, what can you do for me? How can I use you to get to where I want to go, right? And those are some of the key principles of, of, of networking that can really help anybody start to build and, and develop relationships from a, a connection standpoint. Dude, such, such value in those three. I mean, we could spend all day unpacking each and every one of those. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned off air before we got into this. Our girl, Mary Teresa Tringali, I just gifted or I recommended a book to her, The Subtle Art of Persuasion, 11 Habits of Highly Persuasive People and Master Influencers in This Life. And really, those are some of those qualities. They really come down to being genuine around your offer. I think you hit the nail on the head, man, with the amount of DMs these days that are, I'll grow your Instagram to 10,000. I'll do all this stuff. What the heck does 10,000 Instagram followers actually get you? Nothing. You know what I mean? Like if you're not a genuine good person and your intention's good behind what you're doing, you're not going to be able to build a sustainable business off of 10,000 followers. I know plenty of people that have six-figure businesses that are primarily run through social media that have less than a thousand followers, but they've done such a good job like watering the plants that they already have in front of them. And that's kind of what I'm hearing from you. It's like uh, each time that you've tried to neglect the garden that you already had and you were starting to chase this this new thing and be like, oh, I want to do this now. That's kind of when you kind of fell back to, oh, I need to refocus on this present moment. How do you balance satisfaction of what you currently have and that desire to chase more, that desire to keep leveling up? Because I think that personally, that's something that I struggle with. So I'd love to hear your insights there. So this is this is one of my favorite things to to bring up, man. Like like this is a wonderful question because as as an ambitious entrepreneur and just an ambitious high achiever in general, mm-hmm. I always want more. And I will always want to continue to be the best. I'm a competitor. I want to win championships. But the most important championship that I can possibly win is the game of my life. Mm. And that is a continuous game every single day. And so what I've really worked hard on and the singular action that I would recommend to people to, to be able to dance between the, the pursuit of greatness and enjoying the present is the ability to practice grat- gratitude. Practicing gratitude has so many incredible benefits, but it has been one of the best habits that I've been able to pick up to keep me in the present moment and grateful for all that I have as I'm experiencing it while still pursuing further greatness and ambition. And what's funny now is I think about it and I can see in moments now as they're happening, when it's good, bad, ugly, I'm like, this moment is going to be part of a story in a a year from now. This moment, this is a moment. This Mm -hmm. is a pivotal moment. And it's allowing me to savor that experience and to remember it even more clearly. And it's brought more happiness to my life. It's been able for me to help connect with people more authentically because I'm fully 
present with them. And it's also been able for me to see the future even more clearly because I'm much more aware of where I'm at and what I need to get to where I want to go. Dude, I love that. I um, I gifted my coaching program a wins log for Christmas. And I was like, guys, we need to express some gratitude and celebrate the wins that we are having in this current moment. Because even though like we're not where we, hopefully, you know, we're not where we ever want to be. Like we're never going to settle for what we have. We want more. It's the high achiever mindset behind it. I think that really is a component of the athletic mindset as well. But yeah, expressing that gratitude, especially around adversity, because I think this past year, obviously for a lot of people, it's been loaded with adversity. How have you navigated 2020 into 2021 now with the adversity that we've all been faced with, whether it be pandemic, financial, family, whatever, how have you navigated it and found success? Well, one of the one of the things, Corey, that I think was really important for me was realizing that there are some things in life that I'll never be able to control. Mm. And it's becoming comfortable and, and realizing that I need to control the controllables and be proactive for what I can control and then understand that still not everything's going to go my way. And that, that some stuff's just not never going to be in my control and, and I can't do anything about it. But what I can do is choose how I, I choose to respond to all mm. of those situations that are out of my control. And so once COVID hit, you know, it right at the beginning, I panicked. I, I truly panicked because we had speaking and the combine are two big revenue generators for me in terms of how my business was, was currently structured. Mm. And what I had to do is overnight, both of those became unknown. And I was like, whoa, what's, what's about to happen here? Now I, I have other things going on in other ways, right? But I really had to think and, and take a second to say, you know what? This is, a, this is one of those moments. It sucks. I don't love it. Obviously, I wish it didn't happen. But what can I do now to, to continue to, to live my truth? What can I do now to continue to elevate people to their next level? And because of that, I was able to sit down, build out an entire program that is now on well over a six-figure run rate. And it added an entire new stream. We have hundreds of entrepreneurs already, and we're continuing to do that. And it's become even more rewarding than everything I've already done. And so I don't want to take away that COVID has been a challenge for everybody because mm-hmm. I, I haven't walked a day in everyone else's shoes, but I've walked a day in my shoes. And I've tried to make sure that every time I take a foot, a step forward, every time I wake up in the morning, that I am grateful that I'm still here and that I'm going to do the best that I can with what I got at that time. And to be more compassionate towards others, to be more aware, right? And I think that's something that COVID has brought to light is that everybody's going through a different battle. Everybody's fighting something different, whether it's a sickness, whether it's they got laid off, whether it's they're starting something from scratch. Everybody has a different experience. But we all have the power to choose how we respond to every situation. And so for me, it's really forced me to, to take a second and to be as more grateful for what I do have and where I'm going than just always focusing on the to-do list of life. Yeah. I love that, man. It was definitely a moment for me personally that forced me to pause as well and kind of reevaluate things. And that's how we're here now. Very grateful for that just moment in time of stopping the automation, stopping the just on repeat side of things. And it's really funny when you can make that pivot in your mindset of I'm actually in control of these things and how I respond to these events you can start to take back control of certain areas of your life that you might not always have believed were within your control. 
that's kind of what I'm hearing from you and what you were able mm-hmm. to shift. So yeah. yeah. And a lot of things that we worry about yeah. never actually come to fruition. Right. Yeah. But sometimes yeah. we get so caught up in the day to day of everything that's going on, the craziness that we forget that. And so for a lot of people, it's been a lot of reflection. Some people have come out of COVID with bigger businesses than ever. Some people have left a job that was paying them well, but they got laid off. So now they were forced to go do something they actually really wanted to do, right? There's all types of things. And some people have lost family members. That's terrible. Mm. But everything that everyone's going through, you know, the best thing that we can do, especially with everything going on in the world is is we got to be there for people. We got to be there for people and support people and speak up and speak our truth when we can. Yeah. And that's what I'm hearing time and time again through all of your your speaking engagements, the stuff that you put out there. I think you truly embody that in your messaging and how you show up. So I just one, want to acknowledge you for that because it is, it is impressive, man. I have a fast five here. One answer or one word, one sentence answers to five questions to just give the audience a little bit more insight into you personally. First one I got, what is your go-to podcast that no one's heard of? Damn. <laughs> Good one, right? It's, it's a great one. One sentence. I don't listen to any podcast that I don't think anyone's ever heard of. I was hoping to get some some new ones out of you. Yeah, I don't have any good ones. I know this is going longer than than a, a sentence answer. I listen to podcasts typically for a specific result or a specific guest. I'm very mm. intentional with that. Love that. Love that. Number two, favorite book in the past year besides your own? Favorite book in the past year, The One Thing. Love it. Haven't read it. I'm going to add it to my list. Oh, it's fantastic. Quote you live by. I got two. One's for my mom, which is live in the moment and enjoy the journey. And one's for my dad. The only shortcut in life is to start now. Two phenomenal people to quote. You get, yeah. you get some sun brownie points there. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. My parents are going to message me after this and be like, why aren't you quoting us more on your podcast? So thanks. <laughs> one thing you can't live without. Number four. Basketball. Nice. Your one word focus at this point in time. Let's go with connection. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I resonate with you on all of those things. Jake, where can people find you and find more of you? Because like I said, you provided a ton of value here. I follow you on the social media and all that. There's tons of value there. Where can the people listening in find more of you? The best place is at Jake Kelfer on Instagram. I'm on all socials or jakekelfer.com. If you go to my Instagram, you can get a free copy of my book, Elevate Your Network, which has 25 keys to building extraordinary relationships in life and business. So we'll make sure that's linked up for them. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll throw it all in the show notes for people. I'm excited to really dive into that book myself because we can always get a little bit better at uh, networking, right? Always. Awesome. Well, any last minute words of wisdom, if you wanted to sum up the athletic mindset into a phrase to what it means to you, what would that be? In, in one phrase, I would say, relentlessly pursue your definition of success while at the same time enjoying the journey. I love it. All fantastic stuff. Jake, I really do appreciate your time. I know those listening in can't wait to get more of you because your knowledge is endless and I will talk to you here soon, man. Yeah. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me on. 
Jake has a ton of energy and great points when it comes to building relationships. The one thing that I would add is never lose sight of your current relationships as you try and build your network. The easiest way to grow is to focus on what is right here in front of you at this moment. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I encourage you to share this episode with a friend, a family member, or a teammate so that they can grow their network in the process as well. Remember, if you can change your mindset, you can change your life one thought at a time. I'll see you all next week.